You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 191 of Take a Bow. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and this week we have such an incredible episode for you folks. And this week we have a very exciting guest, uh, kind of back-to-back episodes. Last week we had, or last episode, I guess, we had on Jim Hogan from Kimberly Akimbo, who, uh, as we celebrated like National Swing Week and all the things, um, and he is a standby over in Kimberly Akimbo for the role of Buddy, the dad in Kimberly Akimbo, crushes it, so good, so talented, does all kinds of things on social media and everything, um, absolutely loved it, but this week we have a legit swing on the podcast, backbone of a show in more ways than just being a swing, which is pretty crazy, but we'll get into that um and uh yeah i mean this guy does it all i'm so thrilled to have matthew mucha on the podcast this week and uh it's a very timely episode because uh not only uh were we just celebrating swing week a couple weeks ago uh but it's also um he is currently the swing in harmony and uh harmony for those of you who don't know is closing this sunday on broadway which is extremely unfortunate and so sad uh to to have this story leave uh new york and and broadway stages i have no doubts that this show will be uh put on somewhere um and hopefully get its proper I guess recognition and uh it's due that it deserves. Um so shout out to to everyone in Harmony and uh shout out to to Mooch for coming on the podcast. But it's also a super exciting uh episode because he is a social media captain, they're calling his role. Um, which you heard it here on Take About is a brand new thing here on Broadway. Um and he he's marketing the show for them too so this guy is very important he has a very important role over at harmony on broadway with the one of the most talented casts on broadway right now um so this is an absolute joy and he is crushing it over at harmony doing some incredible stuff for the show's social media and at the same time he is learning and doing eight different roles uh throughout a week so uh just incredible stuff and a very very fun chat and it's extremely important like for us to learn about this like it's kind of crazy in the year of 2024 especially for like the the 
old schools, I guess, of us listening. Um, I don't know. Um, who's like, oh, social media and like may not have social media if you may listen to this or whatever it may be. Um, but for us young folks, you know, we live on social media and it's crazy the impact that social media has had on our economics in this country and our influences of uh, just the buyers to seller relationship, I guess, um, and, and the markets of all of that. So um, it's a really interesting tool to learn about and, and kind of discuss, uh, especially as Broadway, you know, sort of slowly but also very rapidly uh, adapts to to kind of that side of things with the social media and bringing, uh, you know, Broadway to more folks um, from around the world, even if you're not in New York City. So, uh, you know, we see like Broadway influencers now like Tommy Brocco and, and Amber Ardolino and JJ Neiman, um, you know, all of these fantastic people, uh, talented people. Um, and it's pretty cool to see Mooch. He does it from like a brand's perspective. So he's done work with the Broadway podcast network he's doing his own stuff for uh harmony uh for his own show which is uh pretty neat and he's done stuff for you know like i said podcasts and uh i believe i i I believe he's doing stuff for a beautiful noise as well. Uh, I saw he like ran over after one of his performances and um, was doing stuff for, for a beautiful noise when uh, a celebrity was there, one of the bachelor folks. So, uh, you know, Mooch is kind of everywhere and helping all kinds of shows, you know, just market to shows to, to younger audiences, which is super cool. So we talk a lot about that and uh, it's a, it's a great episode. It's a fun episode. And we talk about, you know, the heartbreaks and uh, I guess some stories uh, from Harmony and the heartbreaks that come with leaving a Broadway show, uh, especially one that he's been with this one from the beginning. So this has been a show that's been in his life for three years, not for the four that just like four months that it's been on Broadway or whatever it may have been. Um, it's been a big part of his life. So it, it's crazy to to kind of say goodbye. Uh, and we, we talk a lot about that. So awesome episode. Can't wait to, to have you all listen to it and, um, you know, kind of get an inside scoop on all of that. Uh, but before we get into that, we got to talk about some Broadway news. Um, not too much craziness going on, um, as opposed to last week's episode. I feel like last episode, we had to talk about everything and anything. Um, this week, I was able to see White Rose the Musical, which is a little musical happening over at uh, Theater Row on 42nd and 9th. It's a little off-Broadway theater, super cute little wider than like the public but reminds me of the public um i really really enjoyed the show um white rose i had never heard of this white rose group um for those of you who don't know white rose was a resistant group resistance group uh of you know in nazi germany uh during hitler's you know regime um and it's currently being led by joe ellen pellman who starred in the prom uh the movie like on netflix um and then you have like you know your broadway favorites of sam gravelite and kennedy kanagawa and cole thompson from into the woods and of course you know take about podcast um <laughs> so uh but you you have all of these fantastic uh performers uh palo Montem 
Paolo Montalban uh, is also fabulous in, in this role. Um, you know, they have it's a star studded cast, to be completely honest with you. And there's the music is really strong. Um, I was sitting like right next to the drum, so I was drumming along with the with the I don't know with the drum player, I guess, and um, you know the the performers um tried not to be distracting but like i was i was driven to it and uh just really enjoyed the show so hopefully we'll we'll have someone uh from the show on here soon uh to talk about the show because i really really enjoyed it and it's a show that's trying to come to broadway um i think y'all should y'all should totally give it a look um i think it does have a little work to do obviously that's why it's off broadway and doing an off-broadway run uh just to get in front of audiences and you know the drill um but i really really enjoyed the show and i really think this has a lot of potential uh to come to broadway uh especially with such a stellar cast they are so freaking good cole actually cole cracked me up i mean he was so good in this role um he crushed it and he was doing all of the things too like he i mean he was making you cry of laughter and also like cry of tears i mean he was unbelievable uh his character name was willie and so it was just it was so freaking awesome they everyone everyone was so good everyone did such a fabulous job um but it was it was really great, and I highly recommend going to see it. Theater Row, um, see it before it comes to Broadway because I, I there it's so fun to watch a show progress and, and the show's journey to Broadway and all the things. So uh, definitely give it a look. As, like I said, star-studded cast, uh, great story behind it, great music. Um, so we'll see we'll see what happens with it, and hopefully we will chat more about it actually we will I'll, I'll just i'll stop hinting around it we will be chatting more about it on the podcast very soon uh we will have a cast member from the show uh on here to i don't know i guess share more about the show with you and their time about it so uh very excited for that this week we also got a major casting announcement from new york city center these city center cast man they just get better it's crazy um so impressive but i'm so excited so titanic's cast uh came out this past week and it is featuring literally all the faves we have chuck and eddie cooper we have drew galing we have ramin karam lou we have samantha williams uh, Brandon Uranowitz, Take a Bow family members, Judy Kuhn and Bonnie Milligan. I mean, the list it goes on and on. And that's not even the full cast. Like, this is about to be crazy. And I am so here for it. Um, literally, again, I say this every time City Center has like a casting announcement, take my money. Um, it's just, it's bonkers. It's literally bonkers the way that they're able to get so many incredible titans of our industry or like, uh, soon to be, I guess, like rising the ranks of getting into that status of our industry. Uh, you know, I, I, all in one room, all in one show, telling one story. It's crazy. Um, and not to mention, City Center uh, is also like super, like affordable, like and, and cost friendly, especially for younger folks. So for those of you listening, I think it's like thirty five or under. You can get literally get like tickets to the show for like twenty five bucks. It's crazy. So um, so worth it. 
Uh, I mean, you'll be up in the balcony, but still so worth it to be in a room. Um, I actually sat in the last, last row of like the entire house for a parade at Sydney Center. And honestly, it still wasn't a bad seat. So like highly recommend if you can get it for 25 bucks, you can't beat it. Uh, it's pr- You can get like front row balcony and those seats are like solid, like really good. Uh back row of the balcony is a little tougher but hey 25 dollars to see a show it, you can't beat it it's literally cheaper than a rush ticket so um highly recommend and uh shout out to new york city center so um okay there's that and now i i would be remiss not to mention um <laughs> speaking of titans of our industry we lost uh two titans of our industry this past week all on actually one day um it was pretty heartbreaking and um it's so sad that it happens this way but i was so my heart was so full hearing everyone talk about these titans cheetah rivera and hinton battle um they set the bar um especially for this generation and uh, they were who we all aspired to be. Um, they paved the way for so many people. Um, it's incredible. Um, and their legacy will continue in all of the lives that they've t- touched, you know, interacted with, um, anything. It's it's truly remarkable. I mean, their legacies um everyone knows about them you know everyone in this community they are so beloved and that's what i mean by you know sharing stories of how friendly they were for the 30 seconds that they met them to the full couple years that people were able to work with them and, and sharing those stories of how they influenced them or changed their lives as a human how they uh, change their lives as a performer and, and inspired them to be a better performer. You know, um, it, it was so, um, touching to, to hear all of these stories and to hear, um, the impacts these folks had on people's lives. Um, because it's true. I mean, they truly did mean so much to so many people. And in fact, without them, there's a lot of us in this industry today that wouldn't even be in the industry if it weren't for these two, both Cheetah and Hinton. So um, it's it's pretty wild. And, uh, you know, true triple threats, the both of them. And uh, my heart goes out to all of their friends, castmates, families, all of them, um, everyone who who is grieving um, during this process. Um, and, you know, I just thank you to Cheetah and Hinton to for everything that you've done for for our community, um, everything that you've done for um, the shows that you were part of, um, and their legacy continues. I mean, Hinton, it, it's so sad for someone who originated the role, such an iconic role too, nonetheless. Like of uh, the Wiz, like it, it's it's about to have a revival and there's so much excitement around it and you know to revisit a show that you created um and in such an iconic role like i said of the scarecrow um 
I, I wish that he would have been able to see it. And I wish that, you know, for the sake of this cast, like they were able to show it to him and honor the legacy that he created, you know, type of thing. Um, and it's so sad that that kind of happened all in the same year. And he was so close to perhaps revisiting it. Um, but it's just so heartbreaking to to see it, especially Hinton. Like he was so young, and Cheetah Rivera was too. I mean, the young age of ninety one, you know, and and she was been out at these openings and like has always looked so magnificent and so sweet to everyone. Um, you know, she talked to, she would try to make time for everyone. Um, she's just a, a real sweetheart. So um, my heart just goes out to everyone uh, that is grieving during this time and you know thank you again to to the both of them and uh you will be missed and um i hope that you both are resting your feet up there and are resting in peace so um shout out to to two angels of the industry and uh you know i mean cheetah now has awards named after her that you know she took over the fred astaire award so it's just like the legacies are are no, no bounds, really. Um, so shout out to them. All right. I got to stop because I'm, I could talk forever. So uh, just thank you to both of them. And uh, yeah, so on to, <laughs> I wish I could say lighter topics here, but um, unfortunate topics, we have, uh, I want to say happy trails to Gutenberg, which closed this past Sunday. And then I also want to extend a happy trails to Pearly Victorious, which closes this Sunday in, uh, I, I guess, on the February 4th. So what is that, three days from when this comes out? Um, and then, of course, I want to extend a happy trails to Harmony on Broadway. Um, and Harmony is the show that we're talking about in this week's episode as we have a cast member from that show on the podcast. So I think now is the perfect time to send it over to Matthew Mucha. Matthew Mucha, curtain up. All right, so this week's guest is a man that can do it all. He is currently making his Broadway debut at the Barrymore Theater in Harmony, closing this Sunday. Crazy. Uh, but he's quite literally the backbone of this show, y'all. Uh, he's a swing. He's the flight captain. He is the social media manager of the show's social media account. Like, he's doing it all for them. And uh, I'm so thankful that he's joining me this week on Take a Bow. So everyone, join me in welcoming to Take a Bow. Matthew Mucha. What's up, Mooch? <laughs> What's going on, man? I'm good. Thanks for that. Uh, thanks for that intro. I wear I wear a lot of hats over at Harmony, and and it's 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 very exciting. Doing the most, doing just craziness. This Trying is, to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, good for you. Um, I don't know how you're still doing it, but uh, it, it's so incredible. Um, I, we kind of talked already, but I, I, I'm a huge fan of the show and obviously it was there like opening night and like fun stuff. So, um, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to believe this show is closing, um, as a family that loves Barry Manilow so much and everything. We were so excited for, for the show. And, yeah. um, then we saw the show and cried. So, um, fell in love with it and it's, it's so incredible what you guys are doing. Um, 
but we'll get into that. The way I usually like to start these things is just talking about, you know, I like to start at the beginning and just asking, you know, how did we get here? Why are we, why did you want to tell stories? Why did you want to entertain people? Like what inspired you to do all of this? Yeah, it's, it's so funny when I, when I think back at like the start of it, I come, so I'm from Jersey originally. Um, yeah. and I come from a family where, uh, theater and acting was not a thing. It just, no one in my family had done it. There was no one like that was engaged in it. My brother played football in high school and now works for the New York giants. My dad was a football coach, played football. Uh, my parents are both teachers and growing up, I, I played baseball for a little bit. I did, you know, I played sports here and there. I tried football and it was not my thing whatsoever. And when I was in middle school, my middle school was doing their spring musical. And my friends and I, as like a joke, we were like, let's just see what'll happen. Let's like audition. If we get in, it'll be like, you know, a silly thing to do. And I remember when we, we, we all got in and it was a lot of fun. And I remember there was just a moment during like rehearsals where I was like, I think this is a little bit more than just like fun and like a little bit more than just uh. like something cool to do. Like, like I feel really like I love the 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 aspect of community. I love how there's so many moving pieces in it that are all operating to do one thing. And I was very lucky to go to a high school, public high school, where the theater department was so excellent and so professional in its way. We did um, uh, a spring musical, and then we would do a fall play, and then a late spring play. So we would do Shakespeare, we would do Moliere, we would do a oh lot God. of stuff that yeah, which like I felt so lucky to have that exposure to, um, as someone who prior to this, I had no, you know, I, I didn't know anything, you know, I saw movie musicals or stuff like that, but I, I never had that exposure to it. Um, and once I got involved, it was like, just took off like a rocket. Like I, I would come into the city like every other weekend with my friends and we would go rush shows and we would, you know, oh. go camp out. We would go camp out at the Marriott Marquis hotel and ride the elevator up and down and then go see, you know, Chaplin and then go see Matilda and like do all of these, oh, all these God. amazing things. And, and it kind of just like bit me from, from early on. And there was something about the, the active storytelling that I really connect with and I really love. And I think musical theater combines what I love about like TV film, but also with the aspect of music in a way that we don't have an art form like that other than this. Right. And it's been around for so long and I just, I just love it. And I've been very, very lucky to study it in college at Marymount Manhattan on the Upper East Side. And then to have been working pretty consistently since graduating, which has been, yeah. you know, I, I, I count my blessings a lot. It's a, it's a hard place to be, but I'm, I'm very, very grateful insanely hard uh yeah i mean we were just talking about that i mean especially when you have like unforeseen circumstances like i know that you were out on tour with bandstand and obviously mm -hmm. the pandemic shut that down you know so it's yeah. like you never know like one day, never know. One day two weeks like you know with harmony now it's like two weeks you know like what's next you know so it's yeah. like it, it's 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 a crazy job and the fact that you have been able to do it just says so much about who you are as both a human and an artist you're just so freaking talented um <laughs> so it's so good it's so good so um i'm, I'm thrilled that uh, you know it's worked out and i pre 
Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Appreciate you like sharing that story because that we get on here, we get so many of like, oh, I went to New York and I saw my first show and I wanted to be, you know, an actor. And I'm like saying that because that's my story, so I can make fun of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as like everyone else is. So hearing that, you know, it was from you trying it out mm-hmm. and then falling in love with it is something that's so cool and that you kind of were just like let me allow myself to be uncomfortable in audition and that's literally what we do for a job <laughs> like, every day it, exactly but finding that vulnerability is so hard so the fact that you kind of just jumped into it right away without even knowing what was going to happen or know what the final result would even look like like props to you because that that's not easy no it's 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 nuts and i and i i give my family so much so much credit. I'm incredibly lucky. They were, are, they were and are nothing but supportive. And when I decided that I want to kind of pursue this, there was never a moment of them saying, no, you can't, or no, it's not safe. It was always just, okay, like be, be smart, try, see what happens and go, you know, they, they put a lot of trust in me that I really, that I really respect. And I don't think I would have been able to be as fearless or as vulnerable in that way if I didn't have them backing me up and, and allowing me to do that. Cause I think what's so hard is you hear people whose families are not as open in that way and see the arts as something that are, you know, it's a risk or it's a hobby and right. having that trust from the beginning. I don't think I've ever gotten into a situation being like, well, I, I can't, or, or, or this isn't for me. Cause I, I have that really lovely foundation of like, go for it. And, and the worst thing that could happen is it doesn't work out and then you do it again. And I think that set me up with a really nice mindset. Oh yeah. Behind every theater kid is an incredibly supportive theater like, yes. parents. I don't even know. Exactly. Like, and they're not even like stage moms or stage dads, you know, like just like, they're getting there though they're 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 slowly (laughs) getting there i'll say with harmony my 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 parents have have edged their way into being a stage mom and dad and it's awesome to see it's very funny are you kidding me that's hilarious it's like my 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 grandma my mom's mom who passed um a few years ago she was the one who like if i could connect any of the dots she would put on um yiddish renditions of fairy tales at like their local community centers so she would do like instead of uh cinderella would be like schmutzarella instead of pocahontas it would be like pocayenta and she would write all of these stories and perform them and she was like my big big personality jewish grandma who i love nothing you know she's she was my my everything and seeing like that side of it my mom really like attached herself to it and my dad was always involved and was always like excited for it but with the harmony stuff like every time that he would come and see it i would just look over at him and he would be like you know watery eyes like his harmony hat his harmony hoodie and he'd be like he'd be like don't look at me i like like i've gotta (laughs) let the emotions go for a minute and i love that because you know it's i can relate that to how he feels in certain ways with like when he would coach football and like, I know that Mm -hmm. it's a similar thing, you know, we're two teams trying to achieve a goal and to see both of my parents, you know, attach themselves to this side of my life has been really, really wonderful. Yeah. 
it's so interesting that you say that because I try to come on here and say all the time how like similar like the arts and musical theater is to like sports because yeah. it really is like absolutely just trying to work together to accomplish a goal whether it's to win or to tell a story you know like yeah it's as simple as that you have your little play calls with what dance i'm about to do like it's crazy exactly it's the same thing <laughs> just in a different way like like true yeah I love it. Well, um, obviously, you went out on the road with Bandstand, and this was pretty much like, what, what right after school? It was, I, I graduated in 2018, and I did a few regional things, and then um, summer of 2019, so just about a year after graduating, uh, we had the Bandstand auditions, and we went out, um, we started rehearsals for Bandstand in September of 2019, so just about a year after graduating. So like, what is that life? Like you're, you're about to, like, you're like literally like a free man, you know, for the first time a year out and, yeah. and you're now traveling the world performing on different stages. It was, it was so, it was so interesting. I had like the regional stuff I did after college was, you know, short stints, but it was also my first time, like, you know, I, I did Sound of Music at Alabama Shakes and I was there for like 12 weeks. I missed Thanksgiving. I missed Christmas. I had never really done that before. And it kind of gave me that first taste of like, okay, this is a really fun job, but there's a lot of sacrifice and there's a lot of missing mm. time out with my girlfriend, now fiance and, and, and moments with family and stuff like that. Um, and then when bandstand came around, there was something that felt really right about it going into the audition that I just felt like it, it was going to work out. And then when it did, and then you look at that roadmap of what the next nine months of your life look like, it's a whole whirlwind of like, okay, I went from living in an apartment with friends to seeing them every single day to, okay, I'll see you in six weeks and I'm going to live in a bus and all of my stuff is at home. And it's just, it's, it's, I, th I think everyone should, if they have the opportunity tour once because you get to experience it and it's really exciting. But yeah. after the fact, it's, it's hard. And you go like, yeah. you know, just like you said, like you go to being like a free man, like with no class schedule to all of a sudden, right. okay, bus call is at 6am. You get on the bus at this time, <laughs> you got to do PT at this time. Then you're at the feet, like all of a sudden you're back to school in terms of like having yeah. no availability. Um, but it was, it was thrilling. I mean, Dan Sand was such, was such a lovely, lovely group of people um, and to do like a first national tour, like check the box that I wanted to do. And especially that show has such, such a lovely fan base and a lot of heart to it. Um, so it was, you know, the sacrifices were hard, but the, you know, the payoff was really nice. Absolutely. It's awesome. The past five years, I mean, you've been able to check off so many boxes. The first national tour, off <laughs> debut, like, come on, not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. I feel, I, I feel very lucky. I feel so, someone's yes. helping me out somewhere. No, well, I mean, it's well-deserved too. You know, it doesn't come yeah. just overnight. Um, you yeah. worked so hard and it's great to, to see it pay off. Um, yeah, I mean, it's awesome. So when when did you get involved with Harmony? Because I know you were in the developmental process. So mm -hmm. was it post-pandemic? Was there a reading, you know, pre-pandemic? What was, how? when did you get involved, I guess? So Harmony, you know, as a lot of people know, has been kicking around for so long. They, they did yeah. a production of it at the, at the Amundsen, at La Jolla. Um, they tried to bring it to Broadway. Early 2000s, things happened. Mid-2000s, things happened. The plan was a pre-pandemic, I think, workshop that would have become the off-Broadway run that then the pandemic happened, didn't work out. 
And then I first got involved. It was summer of 2021, I think. And I got, I saw breakdowns go out and my agents put me in for it. And I remember I was working front desk at a Pilates gym, reading the script on like my iPad while like checking people in. And it was one of those, it was like, it was, you know, it's like how, how the gig is. And it was one of those things where I finished, I finished reading the script and I like, it knocked me out. And I was like, I don't care if I'm involved in the show. Like this show has to be done on a scale that people can see it. And I was lucky enough to be cast in the off Broadway production, um, in like August of 21 for the production that was happening in 22. Um, but what was crazy about the process of it was my original booking for it was as a swing for downtown. I was, my offer was for a swing and I was like, great. I've never swung. This is so exciting. And then 48 hours before our first rehearsal, the casting director reached out to my agent and was like, Hey, there's been a change in casting. Can Matt immediately send in two extra tapes of him singing one of the songs from the show and vocalizing up to a certain point, we need it by like 5 PM today. And it was like one o'clock. Oh. I was on a, tra- I was on a train coming home from like babysitting in Connecticut. So I like Stop sprinted it. home. My fiance set up the entire ring light and everything. I'm taking a shower, like learning the song. And I sent it in and it was um, the song come to the fatherland, which is one of the songs oh. that Harry sings. And I just remember sending it in. And then like an hour later, it was like, okay, updated offer ensemble, um, as these features and then covering the role of Harry. And I was like, Oh, I was like, Oh, okay. Like, sure. Like my mindset went from swinging. So exciting. My first time to like, right. now it's something totally different. And, and I got involved there and was, was really lucky to be with the production for its downtown run. Um, unfortunately, Zal who plays Harry still in the Broadway production got COVID when we were in downtown. So I mm. went on for Harry for about, you know, 12 days or something, which was really exciting and, you know, yeah. checked another box. And yeah. then, then, you know, you close downtown and, and there's all this hope and momentum that something's going to happen with the show and that, you know, let's bring it to Broadway. Let's do another version of it. And it kind of laid dormant and there were like whispers for a while. And, you know, you never want to expect anything because who knows, they could say, we're going to do a 10 person version of it, or we're going to gut the whole thing right. and start from scratch. Which was, you know, like it comes with a lot of anxiety and it comes with a lot of uncertainty. Like, as you said, you know, you find out one thing and then all of a sudden your life has changed, you know, whether that's yeah. a show closing or, or a pandemic or something. Um, and I did some stuff in between downtown and then we did a workshop in September of last of, uh, of 22. And it was like labeled as like a pre-Broadway workshop. And I was like, okay. It's like, I don't know that. I'm not going to think too much about it because who knows. And then they announced the show coming to Broadway um, last year. And still we hadn't really heard anything in terms of (laughs) casting. I was thrilled for, for, for the six guys and for Chip and Sierra and and hearing about Julie joining the cast. And I was like, Mm. regardless, I, I kept going back to that place when I first read the script of being like, whether I'm there or not, I'm so thrilled that this show is getting its time and with these people. And then auditions happened, callbacks happened and got the offer two days before my birthday in July of 23 and have just been so, so thrilled to have had the show in my life for what's almost three years now, which feels crazy, (laughs) like really nuts. Yeah. Yeah. What a whirlwind too. Exactly. Yeah. That is like insane. so many ups and downs and so many like 
like like I really think about it in terms of checking boxes as like as like life goal things and this show has given me such a wonderful opportunity to do so many of those things in one show I feel like that's very right. rare like you check boxes along a career but Harmony yeah. let me do so many of them and I just am I'm endlessly grateful that I've had it as part of my as part of my life oh uh. That stop. This is so cool to hear. And, and I don't know, like, it's so sweet to see that you're like, kind of like able to enjoy it while it's happening. Like you understand yeah. what is happening to you. Because people I mean, like, it's so easy to get lost in like, the craziness that is For going sure. on. You know, I mean, you heck you have how many roles are you covering? You're sweet. Like, you have uh, enough to worry about like, eight, I think. Yeah. yeah it's like, yeah, like <laughs> Gotta learn eight different shows, and you're like, all right, you still have time to like, you know, sit back and be like, hey, you guys took this in too, you know, like enjoy yeah. this. Um, it, it's great to to hear that because if I could go back, that, that would be exactly one no, thing I would say. I'm sure, and it's something that I like. I think in the past with previous shows had never been that like, you know, precious about or like have had that perspective, and I think it comes with. With age, I also credit my fiance a lot to being yeah. very supportive and very like, you know, you're in something right now that you have wanted forever. And especially like when our closing notice came out, our, my sure. immediate reaction was, of course, being very upset and, and sad and angry. And those feelings are totally valid. And then my fiance kept saying, she's like, there will be a moment when the show closes that you will feel those feelings no matter what. Like, like, like on February 5th. I will be sad. I know that. Right. So why not fill these two and a half weeks that we have left with just like as much love and joy as possible? Because I have that opportunity to still be on Broadway with the show right now. And I've right. kind of tried to have that mindset with a lot of things of like, yes, I know I'm going to feel something at some point, but if it's not right now, what can I, you know, I'm not going to anticipate that if I can help it, which is hard right. to do. Like it's not, it's much, it's much easier said than done. But I've tried to kind of have that point of view more often than not lately. Yeah. It's so funny that you, the, the whole like last week, you know, as you approach the last week, like I remember both my last weeks uh, in like Pippin and Finding Everland. Mm -hmm. And it was just like every day I was like, okay, eighth to last time I'm going to be signing in, you know? Yep. <laughs> like, yep. It's crazy that you just like count it all you it's always in the back of your head always you try yep. to ignore it you know like it's not an easy thing closing a show on broadway and then going out there to like forget all of it and try to become someone else you know and enjoy it at the same time as a human you know like it's it's you're juggling everything you know it's yeah crazy. it's nuts and it, and it comes in so many waves like out of nowhere like <laughs> My fiance and I were just like watching like Breaking Bad two days ago and out of nowhere, I just like think I started to cry and she was like, Real. what's wrong? And I was like, I was like, I just, it hit me like, like, like something yeah. I saw, like, like someone said a word in the show that we were watching and it made me think of something. And all of a sudden I got upset and that like, and I know that that's going to keep happening and, and those things will be fewer and far between, but like, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird wave of emotions of like trying not to always think about it, but also you know, like, yeah, it's always there. Like I'm going in every day yeah. being like, wow, I'm, I'm not going to get to see Chip every day. And I'm not going to hear Sierra and Julie sing this duet every day anymore right. that like I've had in my head for years now. And that I think is a weird thing to think about that. Like it's a, it's a section of my life that's ending, but trying to just be as, as upfront and, and present with it as possible. Absolutely. Um, I'm curious 
after you know being a part of the show for so long and I know it changes every iteration I'm sure mm-hmm. that you've done, you know, new songs, new blocking, whatever it may be. But like just being with the show for so long, does that kind of help you as a swing to, you know, kind of have that relationship with the characters already and you've been able to watch different performers or different iterations of it? Um, I don't know. Does that kind of influence your your performance? Does it help your performance uh, and just like kind of memorizing it or approaching it or how you perform it? Um, what what has that process been like? Yeah. So this is the first time I've ever been a swing. And when the offer huh. came in, I was I was I, I think my initial reaction was just like a little bit of being terrified because I yeah. have friends that have swung. I know the swing deal. Like I, I've, I've read about it. I've heard people on podcasts talk about it and I just know that it's daunting in nature. I think mm-hmm. I was really lucky to have been with the show already. So I wasn't coming into it as like a new work where I don't know what's going to happen. Our production right. that's on Broadway now is pretty similar to the downtown production. There are tweaks and changes and things have been, you know, cut and moved around, but at its core, the foundation is still there. So I didn't come in as a swing being like, okay, what does the ensemble do? Or like, who is Fritz and what is his, like, I came in having a bit of background knowledge that let me be, you know, working from a place of privilege in that way, which I was really grateful for. Um, And then it allowed me to kind of be a bit of a step ahead so that I can get right to memorizing the blocking and memorizing the new vocal parts and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it definitely was, was, you know, like, it's funny, like I'm swinging now roles that I did downtown or in the workshop. And then when I go on as a swing in that track, I'm like, oh, this feels familiar. Like I did this yeah. off Broadway or like, oh my God, I remember when Drew was the radio announcer and now it's Bruce and now it's me tonight. And I, I have never done this part before. So like, uh-huh. I've really loved, I, I've really found that I really love swinging. I think it's a really gratifying and exciting and like terrifying position and <laughs> i i i think my brain and how i operate as a as a person i'm very type a and i'm very like i like having my ducks in a row and my spreadsheets and my color coordinated yeah. everything and it kind of works with with the swinging so it's it's taught me that i i really love it and i think it's something i'd like to do again and in the future um but i think having harmony be my first time i was lucky to have a little bit of knowledge going into it so it definitely yeah. gave me like, I, I eased in more than I think I would if it was, you know, a brand new work that I was just jumping into for the first time. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it certainly keeps you on your toes. I mean, there's no oh, show yeah. that is the same. Nope. <laughs> nope. It's, it's, not a, it's not an easy thing. And like you said, it kind of takes a certain person. Like the fact that you're for saying sure. it's okay, like the fact that you're able to also like enjoy it because not everyone like enjoys being a swing because there's a lot totally. of like as performers we're so in our heads about everything <laughs> that's just like unfortunately that's who we are um and we judge ourselves more than anybody else so um yep. you know swinging is not for all the performers and so i'm glad that to hear that you're enjoying it and that you're you're liking it and you've kind of found your system because i mean yeah. it's not it's not like there's an answer for it you know there's no no for sure how to be a swing Exactly. And there's, there's a book that was written a few years ago called like, like swings on Broadway or something. And it's a mm-hmm. culmination of like, you know, different interviews with, with past swings. And they kind of take you from like the audition to the closing process. And I read it before swinging and there's a lot of good stuff in there. And, and going into this process, I was 
excited like our other two swings, Kyla Stone and Dan Hoy. Dan had swung before, Kyla never had. And I just loved like, especially during the preview process, we would be at our little swing table and I would like peek over and see like Kyla taking her notes in a way that's different than mine. Then I look at Dan Mm -hmm. and he's taking his notes that are different than mine, but all of the systems work and they all are going to do the same thing because we're all going to, we're all going to go on stage. We're all going to do the show and it's going to be as correct as we can with no rehearsal time and no whatever. And I I really found that that was something that was so exciting to me because I was like, oh, you're doing it in blue, but I'm doing it in pink and with a red (laughs) pen, but how, oh, but it's the same thing. Like, and, and, and I, I totally hear you. It's not, I don't think swing is for everyone. And there are days where it's not fun and there are days where it's really hard. And I don't think I anticipated that aspect of it either. Like, you know, just never doing it. I didn't know what to expect. And there were, you know, there are obvious days where you feel lonely or you feel like, you know, not part of the group, but I'm a very, I'm a very social person. I like saying hi to everyone, whether I'm on that day or not, I like making an effort to do so. And I think Mm -hmm. pushing myself in that way has just helped like my mental health in terms of like, even if I'm in the dressing room playing Uno for three hours, I've still said hi to everyone. I'm going to watch, you know, a number from backstage and check in with the stage management team and uh-huh. like just kind of integrate myself as much as possible right. so that I don't feel like I'm just coming in, signing my name, sitting on my phone and then going home. Like, and, no. and that might work for others who, who want to be more like I'm in when I'm in and I'm out when I'm out, but I really thrive on that social aspect. And we have a really lovely right. cast that, that is super, you know, enthusiastic and, and outgoing. So being able to kind of worm my way in, whether I'm on stage or not, has been very helpful just to like, keep me, you know, trucking. Yeah. I love that. You, I mean, it's like you said earlier, the, the community aspect of musical theater is unlike anything else. So you gotta, yeah. you know, kind of throw yourself into it all. Um, and it's crazy how, you know, supportive everyone in this industry is, you know, the cast, yes. they make it easy, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, I think there was something like with, it was probably the pandemic if I think about it, but when the world kind of woke up to like the swings and understudies being, you know, they've always been valuable period, but there was a bit of that reckoning during the pandemic where the show quite literally didn't happen unless (laughs) your nine swings went on. And I think it's interesting to see swinging and understudying and standbys and all that um, in a new light in that way. And I, I'm very proud to be a swing and it's something that I've, I've, like I said, I've really loved and like Julie who's, who's in our show is like the most supportive person when it comes to that because she knows what that feels like. And every time that like one of the swings or covers go on, like she's the first person to like buy flowers, write a card, cheer you on. And it's, it's, it's a really, really lovely thing to have someone like that. I look up to as a performer and a person, but who also was in these shoes, you know, years ago and knows exactly what the day to day feels like. And she checks in and she, you know, makes sure that we're all involved in things and, and I really appreciate that. And I think that it's oh. it's really nice as a swing to have someone like that in the company. And, and Julie's just the Absolutely. best in that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She She's so sweet. I've only met her a couple of times. And she, like, remembered who I was. I was like, you don't, know, like, you don't <laughs> have to say my name. Like, that's crazy <laughs> that I just heard my name from your mouth. Like, we've never worked for, with each other, you know. Like, this is crazy. Um, but that it just seems like she's such a great human being. So it's great to yeah. hear that you've had such a, a positive uh, experience, you know, working with her. Yeah. yeah um, it's, that, it's that community I'm, thing, really. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, Broadway's the best. Let's be real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
theater kids to the core. Um, so as a social, like as social media, like continues to, you know, it just has like such a big impact in our like daily lives. I feel mm-hmm. it just continues to grow and it impacts our economy, all of the thing. And like more of Broadway, I feel like has slowly started to, you know, kind of use social media to promote the show or, or bring totally. it to, you know, people that aren't always in New York or whatever it may be. So you are the social media manager of Harmony and and you've had experience doing, you know, your social media for the brands. That's how we met, probably Podcast Network. <laughs> Slay. Um, and and um, so, I mean, is that something that shows are doing now? Like, are you seeing more of a trend with like, especially you as you're in the show mm-hmm. doing social media for the show? Like, I'm sure that's beneficial because you're, you're at the theater, you know, like you can yeah. kind of provide it inside content that not like a, if you hired an outside source that like, totally. how has that been affecting? Yeah. Broadway and social it's, media. It's been, it's been fun. Like the way that I got involved, like specifically with harmony, cause I had done social media stuff before for I worked for the Broadway Podcast Network. I worked for guys like musicals was my was my way in. I worked with <laughs> yes. I worked with Dan and Joe for for right when the pandemic happened, I was just bored and DM them and they were like, sure, we can't pay you, but come on in. And I was like, I don't need money. I need something to do. So let's do it. Yeah. And I and I and I just like fleshed some stuff out with them and then have worked for certain people throughout the past few years and have allowed myself to kind of learn from it. And Harmony when we were downtown I don't know if there was a plan set up or if there was, but it wasn't going to be very extensive in terms of social. And I just kind of like pitched myself as like, Hey, I'll, I'll, I know how to use Canva and these editing apps and I'll like make the account if you guys want one. So I got to work with our, our lead producer and the digital team and kind of make the downtown socials. And then when the show came to Broadway, they reached out and were like, hey, we want to add this position to your offer, which is the social media captain being like the middleman between the social team that is operating on the show and then the cast. And I'm the person that like, I'll get an email every week that's like, hey, so this week is Holocaust Remembrance and there is these two things that are trending. Can you, you know, film Julie, Sierra, Allison, and Chip doing XYZ? and edit it, send it over. And then for Holocaust Remembrance, link up with Zal and film it at like those kind of things. And and you're exactly right. The fact that I'm in the cast, I think is huge because yeah. I have I have that access that other people wouldn't. But I also think even if you were to hire a third person, there is a level of just like, we don't know each other as well. I think I having someone in the cast do it, you have the luxury of like, I've known a lot of these people for years and the new people I've, I know really well now. So- there's something like more comfortable about being like, Hey man, uh, you know, we have to film this stupid, silly video. Do you want to get involved? Yes, of course, because I know that you're going to do it and I trust you and we're comfortable rather than like corporate person coming in being like, so we're going to film this. And you're like, Oh, I don't want to make a fool of myself. Like I, I always lead all of the social stuff by being like, it's not mandatory. I will never put you in something where you don't look or sound good. And if, and because it's, you know, not everyone is on social, not everyone's into that, but my my way in has been really fun and i think broadway's using it in a really great way um i wonder if it's almost too much too soon and then we're going to kind of see it slow down a bit Um, i think it works for certain i was speaking at a at a panel um for penn state a few weeks ago about social media and theater and stuff and one of the things that the kids were asking were like every show seems to be posting as if they're like a 22 year old 
that has like a TikTok. <laughs> and I'm like, you're you're right. Like 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 every show is like, let's use the trending sound of XYZ and let's use the Vanderpump rules clip to do this and that. And I think yeah. there are shows that absolutely do that in the best way. I think shows like Titanic, I think shows like Back to the yes. Future, like shows that are big and loud and fun, go for it. Do I think a show like Prayer for the French Republic needs to be doing TikTok dances? No. And I don't think they are. And I don't think that it's marketing the show in that way. But I think that uh-huh. these shows that are using social media in an effective way, I only think we're going to see that continue to grow. Yeah. Um, I just think it's finding like what aspect of it works best for your show. You know, we're thinking about it in terms of marketing a product. So you want to make sure that you're selling something accurately like with harmony we found you know it's a true story so we're going to tell a lot of on social we're going to tell a lot of the truth and the and the real history behind it which is more beneficial to us than jumping on like a trending audio because it's fun or something like that right. so it's it's been interesting also from my end as someone working in social as like to learn like what works what doesn't what's best for what thing um it was like an unexpected path that my life has taken but it's been a lot of fun learning through each opportunity yeah i mean with social media like did, you didn't go to school for that obviously like you went for musical theater nope. like it, it's just something that like you know you've, you've it just kind of fell into figured, yeah yeah awesome. like like it's just something that i i i'm creative minded in a way like 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 visually like i can i can make something look good i just think that's like a skill that my brain works well at and i think in terms of it on social it kind of just fell into my lap at a certain point and I just said sure why not um and rode with it and it's you know gotten me to a place where I'm working on on Broadway and social media which is like (laughs) I I didn't have that you know but again like I'll check a box I didn't have that on the list but sure why not like so you were making your Broadway debut as a performer and as a social media (laughs) captain go off Uh, not too bad (laughs) not many people can say that I can assure you of that oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> that's hilarious but yeah i mean it, it's true like it it's fascinating how the content of broadway and social media is is seeing such a large uptick i guess um yeah. especially in recent i love what you guys are doing with like the dressing room tours like i know people like eat that up just like getting a backstage back i don't know like behind the scenes look at yeah. what's going on and how you know performers especially like sierra and julie like you guys have such heavy hitters that like everyone's yeah. like please show me their routine you know like i always i always think. think about it in terms of like when i was 12 13 14 and like mm-hmm. coming to see shows and stage during and everything you know instagram was like brand new and everyone was posting blurry photos with filters that nobody cared about and now that we have the technology that is so accessible and that we have people using it like julie like sierra like you know big celebrities that we all yeah. love I just always think about like, if I was that 13 year old kid that doesn't live close by, that has never seen a show before, if I live in the middle of Oklahoma and I've never been to New York, what can I do from a social standpoint for a show or for a production that gives them as much access to it as possible? And I mean, you could get into the conversation about streaming shows and all of that, but like if social is there, like if you're comfortable, let's see the dressing room. Let's see a cool quick change backstage. Let's see like a few weeks ago in Harmony, we have a moment in the show where the elevator comes up out of the floor with Josephine Baker dancing on it. And the elevator got stuck halfway through. And it was one of those, like, we're going to hold the show. And everyone was like laughing because it was a lot of fun, but we filmed it and we put it on social and it did really well. These are people seeing something being like, oh my gosh, that's, I didn't know that happened. Now I'm part of the conversation. I didn't know that Broadway shows 
had elevators and that they did things like this. So like how much yeah. access can, can my position give to someone that can't come see the show? And I yeah. think you're totally right. Like things like dressing room tours are great because it's a little sneak peek and it gives you a little bit of a way in that, you know, we didn't get 10 years ago. No, absolutely not. Um, I, I love it. I love what you guys are doing. The social media of Harmony is fantastic. Everyone should go check that out too. Uh, but also go see the show. Uh, <laughs> I take it. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I love it. So I want to ask two final questions and then I want to let mm-hmm. you go because I know we're running a little long here. Um, but I, I mean, as I said, this is your final week going into the show. Uh, it's craziness as something that's been a part of your life for three years and it's kind of mm-hmm. like an end of the chapter. So I'm curious, you know, doing this show right now in 2024 and part of 2023 um just that the how timely this piece is um Mm -hmm. and and performing a story that is so relevant and you have these interactions with the audience um that can be scary but also can be um you know a a bit of a you know wake up you know kind of thing Mm -hmm. for the audience like uh and i'm just curious you know like what what do you think as a show that's kind of been trying to make it to Broadway um, and now it finally is, and this is the time to tell the story, you know, like what do you think about the timing of this piece on Broadway and, and the importance of having this piece on Broadway and hearing for audiences to receive this message right now? It's our, our book writer, Bruce Sussman, says this a lot in different interviews. And there are, there are reactions to certain lines in the show that the lines sound so incredibly timely as if they were written right. six weeks ago, but they've been in the show since the 1990s, early 2000s. And for something to be that timely and universal over a span of almost 20, you know, 20 plus years, I think speaks to the piece. I think speaks to the unfortunate reality of what people go through day to day. Um, I'm Jewish and being part of the show is really hard at times, but it's also really beautiful to be part of the cast that gets to tell this story. Um, You know, it goes to dark and deep places, but so has our history. And so has, you know, so is the story of the comedian harmonists and these guys. And, you know, I think to have it on Broadway now is, similar to how I felt like going to see the revival of parade and going to see Leopoldstadt is, you know, you can tell, you can tell these stories and get them out there so that people are aware of them, but also walk away with something that they didn't have before. I think something that's so wonderful about harmony specifically in terms of it being um, a story about, you know, three Jews, three Gentiles and the art that they made being shut down by, by the rise of the Nazis um, in the thirties is you get to see it not from a standpoint of, you know, it's not, it's not about the Holocaust. It's not about, right. you know, this, this very traumatic, terrible thing. It's an aspect of the story in the epilogue because it's what happens, but instead it shows this wild collision with art and history. And I think it tells the story in such a way that not a lot of other things do. And, mm-hmm. and I just think it's really, it's really important that we continue, you know, once Harmony closes to continue telling stories like that that can touch on these traumatic moments in history, but we can also relish in, you know, how funny our show is and how, and how beautiful certain moments in the show is. There's a, there's a whole wedding sequence in the show that is like a real, 
you know, they do the seven, you know, circles as they walk around. They stop yeah. the glass. It's, it's, it's a Jewish wedding. We have these gorgeous stained glass windows that come in. And I think it's important to show, you know, you underlie everything with that important message, but you also show the beauty and the humor in what it is to be Jewish and what it is to tell a story like this. And I just think it's unfortunate that it's timely. I wish it wasn't. I wish that it was something that we haven't thought about in decades, but that's unfortunately not the case. Um, but I, you know, we hear it from audiences that come and see it, how much they're affected by it. And um, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm sad that it's timely, but I'm grateful that we have the opportunity to share it with people. Wow. Well said. Um, yeah. <laughs> It, it's crazy. I mean, the, the show literally will make you feel all of the emotions and it's literally mm -hmm. because of, you know, you can step outside and like, it, it feels like this is still like real life, yeah. you know, like, it, it's I, rem crazy. I remember, yeah. I remember sitting in my apartment when parade had their first preview and seeing on Twitter, yeah. all of the photos and everything. And I yeah. was, and it was oh that, and it was that thing where I was just like, how, how is it 20? Like, like I, it just like did not compute in my brain to be so visible and so in front of you. And then mm -hmm. when things have been happening in the past few months and we just hear different stories and different, you know, you see things graffitied on walls in New York city and you don't realize that it is so in your face still. And it makes going to work and telling the story hard, but also just so, you know, so important to keep telling the story. It'd be so easy to say, never mind, I don't want to, it's too hard. And I think right. the harder thing is to say, no, we're going to do it. And we're going to tell the scary thing because it happened. It's happening again. We have to remember so that it won't continue to happen. Absolutely. Oh, I love this show. This show deserves better. Just saying. I mean, not that. that I agree. <laughs> I mean, for what it's worth. I don't know. Um, okay. Leaving on a little bit of a happier note here. Yeah. Um, I, I'm curious, you know, I guess. This could be like a two questions that you could decide to answer one. Um, so I guess it's like, what about the show will be your biggest takeaway? Or um, is there anything that you will miss most about a show about this show? Perhaps mm -hmm. it's like a backstage ritual or just yeah. seeing everyone, whatever it may be. You can either answer either of those questions. No pressure. <laughs> yeah, I... I think, and I think you get it with, you know, and I'm sure you, you share in this feeling too, when you finish a show that feels special to you, there's that familiarity of seeing the people every day and hearing the songs mm -hmm. on the monitors in the back of your head when you're not even noticing it and saying hi to the stage door guys and, you know, fist bumping security. Like it's those little things that, that I'll just miss because you take it for granted and you don't realize mm -hmm. you take it for granted until it's not there anymore. Um, I'm, I'm really lucky to be very close with a lot of this cast and I hope to continue to see them as much as possible. But the reality is life happens and people are going to go do different things. So I'm going to just like miss the everyday aspect of it. And I think I'm just going to also miss having the show be so prominent in my life. I, I said this to my fiance when we got our closing notice. When we did the show downtown, there was always the idea and the hope of something after. And then when we did the workshop, there was something mm. after. Now we're on Broadway and now we're closing and it just kind of feels like that final chapter, which is yeah. beautiful because everything starts and everything ends. But I think I'm just going to miss having like, you know, harmony somewhere in the back of my mind and not saying that it's not going to be somewhere within me, but that's going to take kind of an adjusting to, um, yeah. 
which which is sad. But you know, I have a cast album to listen to. I have a Real. head full of I have a head full of ridiculous memories of Chip dancing backstage and being a fool yes. that I will never forget. And you know, a lot of lovely lovely things that I'll I'll take with me far after we close. Ah, uh, I love that. Mooch, congrats. Like, this is like, it's so huge. It's so great. And I'm so happy that you've had such a positive experience. And it's been, you know, I mean, literally like life changing. Um, So congrats. You deserve it, man. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to see what's next because this is, this isn't the end of your chapter. It's just, or or book, I guess this is just the end of a chapter. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're supporting you uh, along your way and I, we just can't wait to see what's to come for Matthew Mucha. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'm a, I'm a big fan of yours and of the podcast. So I'm, I'm very excited that, uh, that I got to be on today and to talk about it. I'll do that. I'll do that any day of the week. Hey, absolutely. And I know it's not easy, you know, final week, this stuff is Mm -hmm. madness. So uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time and Hey, you have so much to take a bow for. So uh, (laughs) appreciate you doing this. Thanks, man. Take a bow, Matthew Mucha. Oh God. What an episode. I, loved everything like he was so candid and sharing stories of you know julie sierra chip like everyone he he was you 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 can tell how much the show means to him and how much fun he's having and you know it's episodes like that that's like i don't know they're just so fun to listen to it like it's not just like uh oh yeah like this is cool like nonchalant type of thing like it's so raw and it's so candid and you know every little thing means so much and he's able to soak it in and and not um you know not take it for granted i guess i want to say like he he realizes you know what's going on and and like i said in the interview if i go back in time like that's the one thing that i wish i could do um one is to you know, understand what's happening because I just didn't and understand the the rareness, I guess, or like the the work that actually went in that I may not have even realized that I was putting into it. Like, um, I don't know. It's just, it's great to see someone involved in it that just gets it at, while it's happening you know someone who knows they're in the good old days while they're in the good old days um i don't know it, it's it's uh, a i love that quote so um yeah just shout out to mooch and, and what a great episode i mean talking to us it, we don't we haven't really talked a lot about social media on broadway uh, recently i mean we've had jj neiman on the podcast and we've had jim hogan recently i guess where we talked about how broadway has kind of uh, or social media has kind of impacted his, his career, but we didn't talk about like this side of it in the sense of like what actors may do as like another job, you know, or like while they're in between shows, you know, that th- this is a possibility for a lot of actors, um, especially the rate that this is going. And it still keeps you in your field, you know, it keeps you interacting 
with fellow artists and collaborating with them and it can make you feel like you're a part of a cast um so it's great it's awesome to to see this and how he's doing it in his own show um it's great stuff and shout out to mooch shout out to being a swing mooch by the way for the for anyone who's still listening mooch as i speak just posted on his instagram story that he is swinging on mid-show so he had no idea or awareness or um he he had no anticipation of going on in its final week and now he is going on and is on during the final week of harmonies uh on broadway um so it's so exciting and it's so great to see him thriving and see how much he's having fun um and how much he's he's enjoying the the role that he's kind of taken on over at harmony um especially because in a show like that that is so heavy and emotional and is dealing with so many um real you know conversations that uh people tend to shy away from or are more difficult to have or whatever it may be um and are still continued to be relevant today um you know it's it's almost as if you have to have fun with it because you'll just drain yourself otherwise and you will not be happy like you you'll end up being sad and and all the things so it's great to see it's great to see that that's what's happening over at harmony and that everyone is having such a great time and uh they're soaking up this last week so shout out to everyone over at harmony closing shows aren't aren't easy so i love having people on um to celebrate their run on broadway and also reminisce of their runs on broadway because you know last week's shenanigans and stuff you don't always do that and it just hits you the following day and that is worse than not thinking about it throughout the week um because it all just hits you at once so um yeah, just shout out to them. Shout out to Mooch for coming on the podcast. And um, yeah, that that's this week's episode of Take a Bow. So uh, thank you all for listening. I hope you will come back next week. We have, okay, not going to lie. We have our about maybe our next six episodes scheduled. Um, they're about to be electric. I am so excited for some of the guests that we have coming on. Um and i just can't yeah it it shows that we haven't really talked about um that are gonna like that should be talked about because some of them are like really good ones hint hint one of them i think should have won a tony award uh recently but uh i digress so um you know we've we've got good shows coming on and uh, i haven't talked much about them with cast members on the podcast so uh thrilled that we're gonna have the chance to do that and uh uh it's got some really cool um people ahead and i i literally i'm grinning ear to ear just talking about it so uh stay tuned because we have some great episodes coming and um a lot of performers by the way sometimes i try to throw in a director or writer um when i kind of like mass schedule episodes um but i think all of them are performers so uh stay tuned uh, and it, it's great stuff so uh yeah that's all i have and until then i will see you all next week bye everyone Have a great week.
For this episode's curtain call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help of Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Kimberly Garris, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow are our fabulous editors, Jessica Lauren, who edits the audio of the podcast that you just listened to, and Tessie Tokash, who edits the videos and visuals for this podcast. And how about a bow for our executive producer, Chris Griner? And our final bow are extra special to the patrons, Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners of PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com TAB. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure to subscribe on the platform that you are currently listening to this on, or go check out our YouTube where you can watch the episode. You can also subscribe, like, and comment on there as well. If you're more into the regular social media and want to follow us, you can do that at Take About Podcast across all social media platforms. The music of this podcast was made by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon, and the logo was created by Giselle Bustos. And that wraps up this episode's Curtain Call. Thank you all again for listening to this week's episode, and I can't wait to see you next week. Bye, everyone. Have a great week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.